I'm just gonna do an introduction, and then yeah. All right, let's just get started. AD, hit the music. <laughs> You're not tuning into the Alich podcast show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the LVH Podcast Show. Thank you, everyone, for your support. And I'm excited to produce another episode with my good friends that have joined today and taking time out taking time out of their day. I got Joaquin, who's been in some of the episodes. I got Isaiah. So it's just going to be us three, the big three in the house for this episode. <laughs> so today's episode, uh, we're just going to... It's kind of like last last episode where we had a Q&A. So we'll do a mini Q&A, answer some questions. Episode today shouldn't be too long unless we get like breaking news. Cough, cough, come on, Christian Wood. <laughs> cough, cough, call and catch them on. Come on, someone, someone sign. Lakers, Rob Palenka, wake up. This but anyway, time. yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, but I think we should start off the episode by talking about good old friend. Bruce Brown and Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets. So, what was you guys? What was your guys' thoughts on Bruce Brown talking shit? Mike Malone talking shit. So, yeah, what was you guys' thoughts? Isaiah, would like to go first? Yeah, um, uh, any one of you guys should go first. I go first. All right. Back. I mean, I don't. I don't think people were saying. That he disrespected the Lakers, I kind of agree. But then they also said that he did, he disrespected Anthony Davis by not mentioning his name during that whole thing. So I don't really get why people think he was disrespecting AD. Because uh, yeah. AD, if you're being honest, AD was the best player in that series, and LeBron, and LeBron was just gassed by that point. Yeah, I think honestly, I think both of them were gassed in that series, like. Both yeah, of them played through injuries. injuries. They look dead tired. And then yeah, yeah. Easy AD was missing like some easy bunnies. But like, I, I, don't, I don't think we lost the series because LeBron or AD. I mean, they were part of the reason why we lost the series. But like, our role players, they were dead as fuck too. Like, besides Reeves and maybe Rudy a little bit, D'Lo couldn't make shots. Dennis couldn't make shots. Lonnie couldn't make shots. We were playing no big on the floor when AD was on the bench. We had LeBron. Uh yeah, but that's a different discussion. But yeah, I was watch. I watched like a quick snippet of that interview of uh Bruce Brown. He was talking about LeBron, how he was saying that oh, uh, that uh the Lakers. He thought the Lakers were gonna win that game. LeBron was gonna help him win the game, and he was saying that how after the game ended or some shit like that. Yeah, LeBron looked dead tired and like, yeah, they, he he he. Totally knew that they were gonna beat the Nuggets. I mean, no, Bruce Brown knew that the Lakers they were gonna beat the Lakers supposedly. Yeah, after the or during the third quarter yeah. when LeBron was being passive. I mean, to be fair, though, my guy played like the whole first half, and then he was playing the whole third quarter too. So, like, I can see why he was cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. I, I mean, I'm 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 looking at some of the quotes. Um, I just want to first let me let me first start off by 
I'll take the high road here, Bruce Brown. Congratulations on your bag that you acquired this offseason. I love to see another man get paid, regardless of my opinions on them. I'm not a hater to that extent. Now, getting that out of the way. <laughs> I look at I, I'm looking at some of the quotes. I mean, you know, a direct quote says Phoenix was our quote toughest series, but I would honestly say, oh, like that that's he's referring to that that's what the media, you know, was saying. But he says claims that his toughest series was Minnesota. He said, "Quote, I just don't I don't know. It was always like that. They just had I don't know." He said it was something about them. They had good players like Mike Conley, Pat Who's Pat? Am I am I forgetting? Am I like drawing a blank right now? Pat? Who the f- Pat? Who's Pat? Pat? Who the hell is he? Pat? <laughs> on, on the Timberwolves? There is no Pat. Yeah. Pat. He's probably a nickname. Somebody. Yeah, probably is. That we just, I can't think of. I don't know who. So whoever Pat is, I mean, that, that just goes to show even more the disrespect. <laughs> and uh, it, it says, and he said, that's the toughest series. I mean, Phoenix, it was just blowouts each game. So I think obvious thing is the amount of disrespect um, drawn at the Lakers throughout this entire offseason from, uh, I think it was Lombardi who took, who took the shot at, at, you know, calling Malone the Lakers daddy. Um, now Bruce Brown's opening his mouth, you know, for, for whatever reason, because we were, go- we threw him a contract, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And if not, then we were very interested in throwing him a very sizable contract. Yeah. So, I just, I just find it really odd. I mean, it, it makes sense. The Lakers are the most successful franchise in the entire NBA. Every yeah. team is, you know, is just wants to talk about them because, you know, the, 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 the least known player in the entire league could open their mouths about the Lakers and they would, they would get, you know, media attention. So I feel like that's all that this was. He was bored. He wanted to see his name on, on sports center. That's all it was. You know, I, I, I don't pay any mind to him. He's, uh, Indiana overpaid him. I'm like I said, I'm glad he got his bag, but he, you know, he was overpaid. And at the end of the day, um, he's not winning anything in Indiana. And Correct. he'll be sitting at home on his couch, not even making the playoffs while we're hoisting up our 18th. So, uh, for me, I, I, I think you brought up some good points, Joaquin. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy for the mega. I'm happy for the guy. And like, I thought he was really solid for the Nets. Was really good for the Nuggets. So him getting a bag is pretty cool. Like, I can see why he's talking shit. Like, you're the champion. You can talk shit. But, like, this, I don't get why. I don't, Honestly, I don't get why did he, like, him, Michael Malone, and the Nuggets, why did, I mean, I get we're a Western Conference team, kind of, like, a little bit of rivals, but still, like, you're talking about a semifinal team that you beat more than the team you beat. In, like, you're talking about more about us than the Heat, who were in the finals, your opponent, finals opponent, who you were exactly. against for a championship. And... Let's also not forget that when we beat them, you know, in, in the bubble, there was no headlines about any of our players trashing their players. There yeah. were no headlines about our former players, you know, even trashing their players. You know, yeah. there was nothing about that. It was a class act. We beat them. Yeah. We beat the, we beat the, the you know, the, the heat. Yeah. I mean, that, the heat was the only one outside of, you know, a little bit with the Rockets, but the heat was truly the only one where there was a little something. And that was just the whole stupid Tyler hero oh, thing yeah. with the, with the, with a snarl. But yeah. I mean, that, he, that, that was, kind of, I mean, that was nothing. Let's be for real. It was just competitive yeah. in that yeah. game. That's yeah. Yeah. And, but like I'm saying, like that's, that just goes to show like, you know, the Lakers, like I said, you know, most successful franchise, you're going to take the higher road, the nuggets, they've never been on that level. Um, you know, so I guess I can excuse it. They'll never be back there again. They wanted their five seconds of fame. Um, we'll let them have it. I mean, it does. It does. 
if you can't tell, super, super upset me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the Lakers and LeBron, it's automatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like the punchy bags. If you play them, the first people they got to talk shit on is LeBron and AD. Because they know LeBron and AD. I mean, LeBron talks shit a little bit, but AD isn't really... I mean, LeBron and AD really don't talk that shit back. Like, maybe in an interview, they, if they get interviewed, then yeah, they might talk shit a little bit shit. I mean, LeBron did it obviously on Instagram because Michael Malone was still bitching about it in the championship ceremony or whatever whatever that was. Their celebration, basically, right? Yeah. But like... I don't get why he was still talking about LeBron James. Like, why is LeBron James in your head when you're celebrating your championship, my guy? You could have been like, "Oh yeah, my team beat LeBron James." Like, that's. I mean, if you talk like that, I mean, like, I can respect that because, like, yeah, something game recognizes game. Yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. And like, the most surprising thing for me is like, I never, I never thought Mike Malone would do that to LeBron personally because, like. Michael Malone was like LeBron's old coach in Cleveland. Like he was an assistant coach. And like I remember when uh Sacramento Kings fired uh Mike Malone, I remember LeBron was the I'm pretty sure he was like one of the main people who went on Twitter and he was like, This is a ru- bad move. Mike Malone doesn't deserve to get fired. He's a good coach, blah 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 blah. So so to see that and then see him bash him, that was kind of crazy. And like the thing that really kind of Annoying me, honestly, because, like, don't get me wrong, refs refs have some bad plays either, like, both sides of the ball. But, like, I remember after each game we play the Nuggets, we will always hear Mike Malone bitching and bitching. Oh, and yeah. Where's our spotlight? Where's our free throws? Where's our this, blah, this, blah, mm-hmm. this? Like, oh, you want the goddamn game. Stop bitching so much. Well, not only that, but, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they misconceive foul calls, um, you know, with the way that a team plays. The, the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if not the highest, then they were the second highest. But, you know, paint, you know, scoring team. Mm-hmm. We are consistently attacking the rim. I mean, you have Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, even guys like Jared Vanderbilt, you know, Rui, you know, yeah. all, all these guys that, you know, don't. That you know, the primary focus is getting in the lanes, you know, attacking the rim, putting pressure on the defense, and and it's it's going to generate fouls. That's the way that basketball works. Yeah. And when you're already you know in a, in a super high competitive environment, um, you know, players, especially younger players, you know, because because Denver was a much younger team, yeah, um, you know, they're they're more susceptible to um, you know, uh, sloppy fouls or tic tac fouls, dumb fouls, or even. Just fouls, you know, because they 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 don't have all that you know true playoff experience like you know a lot of our guys do, and I think you know that that can cause you know some of that confusion with that. Um, one of the, the the things that I think you know it's it's a highlight, you know, of, of what what you said, you know, LVH a little bit. Um, when the Lakers played the Grizzlies, um, you know, this year, one of the, the 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 main quotes that came out after you know Rui had his amazing game in game one was Desmond Bain saying that that was their game plan and that's going to stay their game plan. Yeah. And then Rui came out in game two and torched them. And then he came out in game three and had a, I don't know if, I don't know if it was game three or game four where he didn't have a great game, but all I know is that he obviously did great the entire playoffs. Yeah. Um, but you know, he was getting trash talk Dylan Brooks, you know, but in Dylan Brooks's defense, that is who he is. It's not, you know, it's like a Draymond. You kind of expect it a little bit. Um, it's just, it also just doesn't make sense because it is Dylan Brooks also at the end of the day. <laughs> It's a little contradictory there. Um, we play the Warriors. You know, Draymond said some stuff about the refs. Kerr cried about the refs. Yeah. Um, Poole was saying stuff to to Reeves. 
Um, that was a, but that was also a super competitive series. You know, you had Curry and LeBron jawing with each other. A lot of that, you know, is yeah. out of re- respect and good fun. Um, nobody, you know, chose to personally attack the Lakers after that series or anything yeah, right. like that. And it doesn't, it, no, it doesn't happen until you come into the, to the nuggets. And like I said, you know, the nuggets, they're they're They don't, they haven't had that sort of experience. You know, the Grizzlies can talk all they want, but the Grizzlies were also probably the most hated team in the league. Um, the so, you know, they, they kind of adapted to that villain identity sort of. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you kind of expect that a little bit golden state, super competitive. They're there every year. They have a right to talk. They yeah. just, they, they couldn't, they couldn't come through Denver. They crossed the line, plain and simple. That's the way that it is. And, you know, I love, I love the the way that Darvin Ham has been snapping back at them. I think that <laughs> it, 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 I mean, if, if I was a player and I'm hearing my coach, you know, talk, talk the way that he's talking. I mean, I don't know how, you know, the guys aren't lining up, you know, trying to run through a brick wall for Darvin Ham after that. I mean, that just really, that really fires people up and that just makes me so much more excited. Yeah. One thing I want to add to what you were saying is like, you would, ex- you would think the Golden State Warriors would like come out and talk shit, right? Like during the series, like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. There was like minor stuff when it was like Steve Kerr talking a little bit and Darvin Ham talking, but that's mm-hmm. like a little tiny bit. But like for the most part, that series it was just mutual respect. Two good teams, two good coaches, and two against like two good like good rosters basically, and this mm-hmm. went at it and at it. And even after when the series ended, like there was there wasn't that much trash talk. I even like Draymond on his podcast, he was like talking good stuff about the Lakers, about Darvin Ham, the players, Dennis Schroeder. He was talking good about Dem- uh, Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. You know, like they pushed each other yeah. a little bit, but like. That's just them being competitive. So, like, yeah. But my point is, if you saw the Warriors trash talk, like, you expect it from them because they wanted before. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, you know, probably a lot of people do know this, but, you know, for the people that maybe don't outside of the fan bases, you know, the Lakers fans and Warriors fans and the teams, they don't really like each other, you know, especially in this day and age. Yeah. And, you know, just the fact that despite that, you know, which is it is pretty much, especially nowadays, a concrete rivalry, especially since it's LeBron and Curry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, through, like that's it's a it's a profound rivalry. And like like you said, you know, they're just they, it was classy. You know, there was a few moments here and there that's expected. It's playoffs. You want playoffs. that. You do want that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trash talk. That's it's a given. It's basketball. It's sports. That's what it is. Um, there's lines you don't cross. There's respect that's given. And both of those were violated by one team and one team only. And, you know, karma's going to hit them. It already did hit them a little bit. I mean, they, Brucey B is not back in Denver. Uncle Jeff is in Houston. We'll see. Last last thing I'll say about the Nuggets. uh, I don't, I don't really hate, I don't think I hate them or anything. Uh, They have some good, they actually have some good players. So like when we play them, I was actually excited to play them again because Jokic is so much better than before. Jamal Murray, his story, like, honestly, coming back from that injury, like, that's pretty cool. Michael Porter Jr., even with his two back injuries. Yeah, <laughs> good old friend, KCP. Like, I didn't really hate any of the players on the team because, I don't know. I don't hate I don't any even, players. I don't but even like, hate the team. The what? I don't even hate the team. If we, if you actually think about it, yeah. it's one and one. Yeah, LeBron versus Jokic is one and one in, in playoffs. I don't yeah. understand why they said Lakers daddy. <laughs> it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so like yeah, and then yeah, so, yeah. So like I don't really hate the Nuggets. I don't think anyone really hates the Nuggets. I mean, I'm sure 
fans are mad that we lost the Nuggets. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I get why we're mad and everything. But, like, we don't really hate the Nuggets. But then when you see Michael Malone every game in the press conference saying this and this and this and this, and then bitching, 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 and then talking shit about LeBron, even after the series is over, like, two weeks ago, weeks, two weeks ago, and you still talking about LeBron James, like... He didn't even wait to, for the series to start. He started yeah. talking crap about him before the series started. Yeah. Hey, but whatever. Hey, congrats to the Nuggets. Enjoy your championship. Enjoy your hunt. Uh, enjoy your offseason. We'll see you guys next season. Uh, honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I think it would be a really cool matchup if we saw them opening night instead of seeing the Warriors or the, the Warriors or the Clippers over and over. I want to see the Nuggets. <laughs> or the Sun. No, for real. No, I want to see them on Christmas. But then opening night, everybody's healthy, so that makes more sense. I want the Celtics on Christmas. That's a good one. Yeah. No, no more of Dallas Mavericks on Christmas or the freaking no, Warriors. Please, no. or the I'm tired of seeing LeBron versus Luka. No, they don't mix out the matchups. They show, they show the same like every year, the same thing. Like, why am I seeing Golden State Warriors in the? Club? I mean, I get why, but still, why am I seeing Warriors and Clippers every opening night game against us? Like, bro, like you could mix it up, bro. Every every Christmas, it's it's Bucks and he Celtics yeah. and. Uh... Whichever, whichever other East team is doing good. <laughs> the Knicks, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's always been the Knicks. I one one really quick hot take. Uh, I think they should do away with city jerseys because they change them every year and bring back Christmas jerseys. That's that's my that's my quick quick hot take. Bring back the Christmas logos on the core. Just bring back the fun, man. Make it actual Christmas ball. Bring back good Christmas commercials. Like stop. Trying to overcomplicate it, you know, everything. Just simplify it to the way it was. Yeah. It was peak basketball. Definitely. I agree. Also, yeah, like, I'm adding the NBA in-season tournament. I think that's really cool. Honestly, first, when they first, like, were, like, talking about it, I wasn't, like, that excited. I was like, bro, it's just a tournament. I don't think they're going to give a shit. But then when it started revealing more details, like how the players can earn more money and stuff like that, I think... Honestly, now that I see it, I think the in-season tournament, the regular season tournament, whatever it's called, I think it brings out the competitiveness more because they're like the mm-hmm. teams are into like groups. So it's like it's like kind of like a mini tournament, honestly. And like the players win more money. So I mean, it counts as a regular season wins, right? Yeah, yeah, it still counts as a regular season win, but like they earn more money than Atlanta. So I, I I really like the idea and I like it yeah. for a lot of the the middle and lower seeds because yeah. you know especially a team you know I know we just talked about them but a team like Indiana or a team like um, Oklahoma City yeah who you know I would say maybe about ninety percent of their roster has zero playoff experience yeah um, not that the tournament is gonna be you know playoff level but it's the closest you're gonna get outside of the you know the playoffs you know because the yeah. regular season's the regular season players yeah. will play harder in this tournament than the regular season. Especially because yeah. it counts as a regular season win and you're just getting paid more. You know, you're getting more uh, TV time. You know, a lot of these teams that maybe don't have a lot of scheduled, scheduled TV games, you know, we'll, we'll try to work even harder at it. Um, especially if, you know, a, a really good team is going because they want to play them on, on national TV and, you know, the tournament championship and be the first ever tournaments. I think this first year will probably be the most competitive year. Um, and then, the, you know, everyone's going to be comparing all the years after to this one because everyone just wants to be that first ever champion. Yeah, I, definitely. Um, also, uh, I pulled out a tweet and Instagram story about questions for people to ask us. And we got a bunch of questions. So 
We'll do the same thing as last time. I'll read the question. I'll answer it first. And then one of you two. And then we'll just go in that order for each question. And that's cool. All right. All right. Sounds yeah. good. All right. So first question from Instagram. It's from my guy, Spencer D. Lewis. He says, what are your thoughts on Cole Swider? And should we keep him? All right. My thoughts on Cole Swider is we all know what he's good at. He's really good at shooting. He's good at shooting the ball. And I don't think he's necessarily a terrible player or anything. I think he's a good offensive player. He's a good shooter. He's kind of like, honestly, I see him as Duncan Robinson. But I think Duncan Robinson is a little quicker. And like, Duncan Rob- I mean... They both try on defense, but I think Duncan Robinson is like maybe a little bit better on, than him on defense. So that's why Duncan Robinson is in the NBA and Coastwater is in the G League. However, I think if Coastwater could work on the small stuff like his rebounding, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting him to be a lockdown defender or anything, but if he could like keep, keep it on his own or like keep in front of him, keep in front of his man and like let's try on defense, I think at some point some team is going to call him up whether it's the Lakers or the Celtics or any team that needs a shooter because, like, we all know he can shoot. And he's, he has the thighs. I'm not saying he has a defense right now, but he can get it there. Uh, and honestly, I don't mind keeping him on a two-way contract unless unless they somehow find someone better. Like, if they, yeah, if they find someone better or Coach Water asks for, like, a release because he's getting a bigger, like, a regular contract or something, then I get it if, if they let him go or anything. But I can see why they have him on the two-way because you can never have enough shooting as we saw in the playoffs and last regular season. So that's my thoughts on Cole Sweater. I had a, a, a quick question. Um, I know they moved up the two-way spots to three this year. Yeah. But is it? it's not actually three spots. It's just for the off-season or is it for the season also? For a season also. So you have three oh, two-ways okay. for the whole season. Oh, that's that's really cool then. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I would really like them to sign one of Hodge or Castleton then, and bring in uh, probably hopefully uh Fudge or one of the other guys that I think earned a contract. Yeah. But to get to get on Cole Swider, I think I, I like like you said, you know, obviously, you know, a really good shooter, um, super dangerous when he's hot. Um, his I feel like all of his made shots are all swishes. <laughs> Definitely. Which is just so satisfying to watch. Um, yeah. His clutch free throw was good. Yeah. Um, but like you said, obviously the number one thing is defense. Um, the, my other thing with him is his overall size. Um, you know, some people, you know, come into the league, you know, with potential to be a good defender, um, yeah. you know, because maybe maybe they weren't good, but they have a long wingspan or they got a you know, they're, they're built, you know, uh, he's not either one of those. He's like kind of lean. He's kind of an awkward size. Cause he's not a power forward. He's yeah. definitely not a three. Cause he's too slow, not a power forward. He can't bump. He can't defend. Um, so it's really just an awkward place of trying to find him somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only problem with him. There's no doubt in denying that he's a great shooter. I think if he was to get signed to a team and they were to find him the correct role, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he wouldn't be a 39 to 40% three point shooter. Um, given the given, you know, adequate volume, but outside of that, um, you know, the, the problem is, is it's, it's his, his build. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the only thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe real quick. Uh, maybe if, if it's like some other team, like 
Lakers, Bucks, even the Celtics, even the Heat, kind of. They don't mind having shooters on the team, but they also want people that can keep up on the defensive side. Like especially now in this generation, this time day, uh, day and age. If you can't shoot the ball and you can't play defense, you're not going to see the floor. But if you can't only shoot the ball, then you're not going to see the floor still because you need to have you need to, have to play. You need to know how to play defense. defense. Especially if you're going to play with Darvin Ham because that's yeah. why he loves defense. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I really have no thoughts on Coach Swider. All I know is, is that he's a good shooter, a good three-point shooter, has no defense. And I don't... And that's the that's all I have to think about him. That's the last game I'm looking at his stats. He had 21 points against the Clippers and hit five threes. Yeah. That, that would have been useful for the Lakers, but his defense is gonna is a liability, and he won't see this floor unless he plays better. Definitely. I mean, I'm still rooting for him because I like his story. He's a great guy. He interacts with the fans. He interacts with me. Uh, overall, he's a good human being, and. I, I wish him, honestly, I wish him well. Better just with the Lakers or with any other team in the league. I can see him doing good with Golden State. Golden State, definitely. Yeah. That's why I, when I think of a close fighter, I think a team like the Hawks, the Warriors, the Heat, like I, those are like teams I can see maybe giving him a chance right away. Like, don't get me wrong, I can see the Lakers giving him a chance too because he could shoot the ball. And I, I read a report last year. I mean, it was this year, like a couple months, like I think a month ago. Where it was like close, it was close to what I was talking on his podcast saying that he almost got called up during the preseason last year, but then uh what's his ankle. So because the Lakers were considering giving him the remember the last remember the open roster spot we had last season? Yeah. Yeah. So uh oh, left. Huh? It says Joaquin left. Oh yeah, he'll be back, he'll be back. He just glitched out. Anyways. Uh, I saw Lakers concerned to give him an offer, so who knows? Maybe he turns it up in training camp in his offseason, works on his defense, and we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe he needs one more year in the G League just to work on his, the small stuff. And, yeah, we'll see how he mind close water on a two-way because this is a two-way. It's not like he's on a – he's on a two-way, so he can still spend time in G League. He could get called up if they need more shooting. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my thoughts, our thoughts. On Cole Swider and his situation. So the next question I got it says Step. It's from it's from my guy, Step Patters. He says, "Do you think we can get the number one defense this year?" All right, I'll start it off. I think we can get the number one defense this year because, in my opinion, I believe I believe we have all the right players: Game Winston, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Hayes, Wando, Rui, Reeves. LeBron, AD, Bando, Bando, yeah. I mostly, most of our team is full of guys who can play defense for the most part. So, I think having more wings this year compared to last year, I think that is going to make our defense even better this year. And anytime you have LeBron, anytime you have AD and Jerry Wendell on the floor, your defense is going to be good. But when you have Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes, more size, more energy, more young guys. That's going to body well for your team and your defense. So that's my thing. I definitely think we can get the number one defense. I think it's going to be anywhere from – I think it's going to be top – our defense is going to be top five in the league this year. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, especially if somebody 
What's to get her or something? They could just put in Max Christie, another good defender. Oh, that's another good one. I forgot about Nice, nice. Good job. But yeah, I could see us finishing top five. Yeah. Defense. What do you think, Okim? I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree. I think we, honestly, I don't, I think top five is a little, uh, underselling it <laughs> and I'm, I'm i'm pretty realistic i mean i don't know if y'all saw what i sent in the group chat earlier about the 2k overalls but i got a little bit of heat for that but i like to think of myself as pretty unbiased but i i really do think we have a top two defense in the nba which right that, that's that's the way i see it although i will say um one of my personal opinions that i hold that a lot of people probably don't really agree with is I, everyone talks about, um, you know, another center, which obviously we do need. Yeah. Um, LVH, I know you, you put on your story the other day about, you know, Demoy Hodge getting a contract makes sense, which I love, you know, I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, my, my thing is I could, I, I think it would not be out of the realm of possibilities that we could use another wing. I think you can never, in my opinion, have too many wings. And I think that's also just going to improve our defensive identity. It's going to improve, uh, you know, wings are the number one thing that you want on the court, and especially come playoff time, alongside LeBron, alongside AD, alongside, you know, Reeves even. Yeah. Um, there's still guys out there that are available that could very easily come in and service that role. And that's just kind of, you know, that's the way I feel. Definitely. I can see why. I can see why you think that. But I, I believe... For last year, we have a deep, good amount of wings. We have Vandal, Rui, Prince, uh, Christie. So I think we still have Cam Reddish. I don't know if I said him yet. But yeah, I think we have more wings for the last year. I think our only wing last year was maybe Wendell Bill, but that was like towards halfway the season. I mean, I consider, mm-hmm. I consider Troy Brown a little bit as a wing, but like his defense wasn't always there. Some games were there. But Troy Brown was, I think Troy Brown was mostly good guards like I remember him guarding CJ McCollum and he was doing really good on, on guards but there's also games where he struggled against guards like Manny quickly against the Knicks so yeah mm-hmm. I think they, compared to last season I'm much more happy with our team our team is much more flexible like we have more wings so I can see why you say you could, uh, you could never have extra wings it's true a lot of teams like 10 teams have wings and size so yeah I can see why you said that but at the same time, I don't think that wing would want to come to the Lakers when you have so many wings because there's no guaranteed minutes here. Whereas a big or a shooting guard, you could probably see it happen because Darren Ham loves guards. So, yeah. Yeah, I hope he's high. A center? Yeah. All right, so our next question is Isaiah Kuhn underscore. He says, do you think we will get Christian Wood? We got this question last time. We got, I think I'm pretty sure we had the question. This question before the last episode too. I mean, the more time goes on, the more I see question word either going to the Lakers or the Heat. That's the only two teams I can see. Definitely see like any team that actually wants to like give him a shot, but like give him most minutes and like, give him a good spotlight. So honestly, it's on question. What is he trying to pretend, fix his image, take a pick? But and yeah, get a pick, get a pay, get it back next season. Or is he much? More, is he much more rather to go to like a, not like contending team and get like a one year deal or a big one year deal like ten million dollars or something like that? So we'll see. I feel like Christian Woods' market is very tricky in my opinion. I'm not saying he's a bad player or anything, but yeah, I think that Dallas situation like really like messed up 
his reputation around the league. Like, obviously, teams think he's a solid big, but right now, no one's, no one was like excited. No one's like willing to pay him the money that he thinks he deserves too. Who's like, right now, you're gonna get a lot of money if you can space the floor and play defense. Well, Christian Wood could space the floor, but he doesn't necessarily play the best defense. But I think if he could come here to the Lakers or even the Heat, because both have good defensive uh, game plans and everything, I think if he goes next to Bam Adebayo and Butler, he might be his defense might get a little better with the coaching too, because he have a good coach staff. Or if he comes to the Lakers, he has Darnham, uh, Darnham, Handy, Jet, AD. LeBron James, Jerry Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, like Hamish, Troy Brands, like these two spots make the most sense. Honestly, this is on him. Where does he want to go? Does he want to go to a center team or does he want to go to the thing from all up on him? That's what I think. Do I think we're getting if we get him, I'll be happy. I've been wanting him. I think since the free agency started, I was like, if we could snag Christian Wood, that's why I had that post up for him. So if we can snag him, I think easily Christian went for a minimum is easily a steal, no matter what anyone says. But mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with him. Any any team that gets Wood, I mean, everybody knows what he provides. My thing um, that, that that I'm thinking of is if we wanted Wood, if the front office wanted Wood, I think we would have had him already. I think that he maybe wants a little bit more money. Maybe it takes a while for him to, you know, maybe reality to hit and he take a smaller contract. Um, who knows, you know, what's up with that. But I think if it's, if it's, he's just waiting for a certain team to give him a deal. I think obviously the Lakers would know that. And then there would be a report of the Lakers offering him a contract. And I think the fact that we don't even have a report of that yet is a little, a little, um, not concerning, but just a little, you know, something to 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 remember and monitor. Yeah. Um, but I I personally don't think that we're getting Christian Wood anymore. Yeah. He was one of the top guys that I wanted. I even had uh, talked about with somebody. Um, they had mentioned, you know, oh, how would you feel if Christian Wood got the full MLE? And I was like, well, I'm not opposed to it. You know, it's not necessarily a need. Um, yeah. you know, w- for that much money. And I was like, but I, I definitely would not be upset. I was like, you know, he's, he's a very good basketball player. Very, very good. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the only problem is that I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that we're getting him anymore. I think we're looking more at, um, you know, even Castleton or Biombo. Yeah. They're definitely, definitely, especially now waiting on McGee. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And then I think, I think that's probably about it from there. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see the Lakers getting Christian Wood, especially after a tweet that I saw that the Mavs wanted to do a signing trade for him, and yeah. everybody, everybody wants to trade Vanderbilt for him. I don't know why. That would be the Heck no! Heck no! That would, that would be the dumbest thing they ever do. Besides the Westbrook trade. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't think we get him. I think they wait for either Biombo to sign. See what happens with JaVale McGee or either get Tristan Thompson for a Jerry Dully role. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that, that Tristan Thompson idea. Yep. I have been saying that for a while. Every rebuild I did on 2K, I would always sign him <laughs> to, for chemistry purposes. I, I honestly, I don't mind Tristan Thompson or JaVale McGee. But one thing I will say is I like Jackson Hayes. I like Anthony Davis. But one mm-hmm. thing you know is Anthony Davis. 
sadly is injury prone. He's a good guy, plays through his injuries too. I respect that everything, but he is injury prone. And then you have Jackson Hayes. I'm not saying he won't play good here. I think he'll actually have a good year here with AD and LeBron and D'Lo and Reeves, all these guards who can feed him and him. Who has like who could he's good at for the players like this. Who also he also has a good reputation with bigs. But I think mm-hmm. the reason why Rob Lika came out and said, Yeah, we need another big, especially a big who can space the floor. That's what he said. And Honestly, I'm not saying Hayes won't be good or anything, but I'm I'm saying we can't fully rely on him as a, even a starting center or even the backup center. I think we still need depth. I think Colin Castellon can, can be that depth player, like the third string center, the second string center, backup center, basically. But he still needs to get a little stronger, right? It's, but I'm not saying he's not a bad option. But that's why I think this spot, this 14 spot, is actually really important for our team because, like, if they get like Christian Wood or Biombo, then that's some that tells you right away that okay, they're really confident in Biombo or Wood with Hayes and AD. And then yeah, they're ready to go. But if they say if they don't get Biombo or Wood and they get like someone like JaVale McGee, I'm not saying he won't play good here, but like let's say they get someone like JaVale McGee or Tristan Thompson, then that shows you that they're getting those two guys, one of those two guys, more as like vets for Hayes to like coach up Hayes. Maybe JaVale McGee can step up. In a couple, like some games, playing sh- sh- short spurts and play good. Same with Tristan Thompson, but they're both, they're much more older. And like the JaVale McGee we had two to three years ago before, like in the bubble in that season, that's not the same JaVale McGee this season. This past season we saw it with Dallas Mavericks. He looked, I think JaVale McGee, in my opinion, after we let him go, he looked pretty solid still with the Cavs. He looked pretty solid for the Suns. And I was frankly, I was let him go, but it makes sense because Dallas threw a bag at him. And then, honestly, I thought, but Jason Kidd, I think, I and like, uh, this one had, what's like, uh, I forgot one of the coaches they had too, but they had uh, familiarity with Javon McGee. I thought Jason Kidd would actually use him, utilize him good, but for some reason, I don't know why, Luka Doncic and Javon McGee, like, they didn't get their chemistry down perfectly. But I remember when uh, they traded for Kyrie Irving and there was, they started playing Javon McGee more minutes towards the end of the season. Like, Kyrie's actually playing good with JaVale. So maybe, since LeBron, AD, they play good with JaVale, maybe it works out good again here again. But we'll see. And, yeah. So, our next question is... Oh, okay. Is is that Josh one? He says, do you think James Harden going to the LA Clippers would be good? And if he does, who do the Clippers get? In my opinion, Clippers have the shortest window left. In my opinion, if they don't get hard in the season, then yeah, this probably this last season is probably the last season to contend with Kawhi and PG, because I'm pretty sure they're both on expiring contracts. They're both like getting older, right? They're not playing as much games compared to previous seasons, and like yeah, they're getting older. Their whole core is like vets mostly, like ninety percent old guys who are also on expiring contracts. So like, yeah, I think if they could get James Harden. The window goes from this year to next year as well. Assuming they sign, re-sign Kawhi and PG, then they have one to two years. But in my opinion, whatever the Clippers have to give up besides Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you do it. Because your time window is really short. And let's be honest. I'll be honest. You guys, right as right as of right now, I don't see a lot of future guys. That, like a lot of like young special guys that right like Terrence Mann is good, but I don't think he's. Special, special, like, 
like that because I think he's like 27 already too. So like, Damn. and they only have a couple picks left too. So if they get James Harden, that automatically makes them a good contender as well. Because like then you have then the West gets even more stronger, in my opinion. Because <laughs> you have another superstar coming from the East to the West, making the West even more tougher. And I think, in my opinion, it makes the West even more competitive and more like entertaining. Because then you have to play the Clippers with Harden, Russell, Paul George, Kawhi. And then you have the Suns with Beal, Booker, KD. Then you have Jokic, Murray. Then you have Steph Curry, blah, blah, blah. CP3, Clary. Like, the quest is kind of keep getting better and tougher and competitive. So, I don't really mind it. But at the same time, Clippers, honestly, in my opinion, they should do whatever it takes and just get it done. Because if they miss on Harden, then you have Kawhi that are on an expiring contract. You have Paul George on an expiring contract. And I heard, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Clippers tried training Paul George. To the, uh, to the New York Knicks, but I think Paul George, in order to go to the Knicks, he wanted to get a contract extension. So, yeah, I think I think it would be good for them if they do get hardened. But at the same time, if they do get hardened, that means they're going to lose some depth. But in my opinion, I think, they could, I think they're in a position where they can afford to lose some depth because Harden makes them better and re- like raises their ceiling more. Whereas if they don't get hardened, then they're, just, they're pretty much running it back and trusting their players to stay healthy for the whole season. So, yeah, we'll see. I, so we'll see what happens. That's my thought. Um, when I look at their team, um, I don't want them to get hardened just because of star power purposes and the potential of it to be great. While the other half of me does want them to get hardened because we know who Harden is. And yeah, we, you know... Uh, do you know, I wanted to ask you this, because I know you had talked about uh, the drop-off in uh, uh, depth that they might lose, but do you know what the potential offer was or might be? Because I know people had people have mentioned, you know, I've seen like Norman Powell, uh, yeah. Robert Covington, you know, some, some stuff like that, because it's a yeah. lot of money that's got to be made up. But I've yeah. seen other ones that have included Paul George. So I don't like, yeah. that's the kind of tricky part is it's kind of no real foundation. All right. So for what I've heard from reports is that the Clippers, they're not going to do a trade if they have to trade with Paul George for Harden. They're not going to do it. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure Philly wants Paul George because why wouldn't they want someone as good next to a B? They don't, they don't want to lose Harden for like a couple role players and like a late first round pick, like 30th pick or something mm-hmm. like that. So what I've heard is that Clippers have, have to throw in man, obviously, because he's they're only good young player they have right now on the roster. You have to throw in man. Maybe that I think I heard Norman Powell, maybe because his contract is a lot. And like they don't want to be too far in the taxes and the you know the CBA, the new CBA. So they, yeah. they have to include basically, they have to include Norman Powell, one of Covington or Batum with the Marcus Morris. But at the same time, I also heard they're willing to trade Zubach, but I don't really believe that rumor as much because if they trade Zubach, then the only big man you have is Mason Plumlee, who's much older. So, and I don't think, why would the Sixers want another big man when they have Mobamba, Reed, Trez? So, yeah, I think their basic off- trade offers is Terrence Mann, one of Norman Powell or Covington with Morris, and then their late first-round pick, which is like the 30th pick. I'm pretty sure it's like a 30th pick or like a pick swap. So it's like not even worth that much. But if they can trade all those players or Harden, you easily do that. 
in my opinion. It's a no-brainer. That's just such a horrible trade for Philly. That's my only problem yeah. with all of this. Like Philly, Philly and Portland are in really crappy situations right now. And yeah. I know, you know, offices are really bad sometimes, but I can't help but feel a little sympathy for both of those general managers. Cause <laughs> whatever I guarantee you, whatever trade it is, unless it's a Brooklyn trade, shout out to the last episode. Um, it's, it's there. All the fans are going to riot. You know, you, Especially, you know, to the average um, Sixer fan or the average Portland fan, you know, maybe a guy who works a nine to five and only really can only has time to really just watch the games at night. You know, he just turns on his TV and, and sees oh, Damian Lillard traded for Tyler Hero in a second round pick or yeah. James Harden traded for Norman Powell. He might even be like, who is Norman Powell? <laughs> if he's a super yeah. casual, but I don't know. I, I, I don't like that trade. I like I said, I, I want him and I don't want him to go to the Clippers. Um, yeah. I think it's a really interesting situation. It's a lot of ball-dominant players. Russell Westbrook, Harden, yeah. that wasn't really a great fit last time they played together either. And Westbrook has, they've both gotten, you know, Westbrook has gotten significantly worse. Harden's gotten, he's regressed, a, you know, a good amount. Um, not anything crazy. You know, he's still a, still a really good player, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I like it or not. Uh, there's another. I heard another report. It said that Westbrook and Harden are still close friends, and they they want they they don't mind playing next to each other again. So yeah, that that's literally another report, basically saying the Clippers want Harden, and Harden wants to go to the Clippers. But then Travis, I think, reported yesterday on the on his show, the rally, he said that the relationship between Harden and uh, Daryl Morey is like broken now because Harden. He he accepted a put option because he wanted an extension, but the heart the Sixers don't see him someone as like someone as in their long term plan. But I can see why. Honestly, I'm not defending Harden saying why you're leaving or anything. But I do. He Harden has one good point that I think not everyone mentions is that last season, like last off season, he noticeably took a pay cut just to give his the Sixers a flexibility to sign. Daniel House, uh, PJ Tucker, and like just to get like a couple good solid role players. Because if he didn't take a pay cut, then they were not getting PJ Tucker for that much or Daniel House for that much. So, I honestly, I, I'm kind of uh, Sixers are kind of confusing to me. Like, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Harden is getting older and a little bit washed, but like he's not completely washed. And like your MVP is getting older and older, and I don't think you should be wasting your MVP's prime letting go of James Harden for a bag of chips basically you're basically letting him go for a bag of chips I'm mean, don't get me wrong Jordan Powell's a good six man and everything Mark, Marcus Morris might be a good off the bench player for for them or something Terrence Mann might be a good be a solid guard under Nick Norris because he likes defense too but all those war players that you just mentioned or that you might get back they're not replacing James Harden 30, point, 30 points per game or 25 points per game when like a triple double or like a free throw he gets or like even Harden I don't like Harden necessarily like his style but like that James Harden draws a lot of attention so if someone's doubling triple teaming Harden all the, everyone else is gonna be open but if they have Terrence Mann or PJ uh, or like Norman Powell on the court teams are gonna not gonna be scared of you like there's no mm-hmm. triple team and double team and beat because like that's main their main offense and also at the same time, I feel like the Sixers are in a confusing timeline as well because like Harden, I mean, B's getting older, right? He's not 
is getting older. They have Tobias Harris, who's on a expiring contract, who they've been trying to trade supposedly for a couple of years, but no one wants him because his contract is horrible. He's a solid role player. I like his game. I don't think he's terrible, but his contract is massively overpaid. So, yeah, I think we'll see what happens with the Clippers, the Sixers, the Heat, the Blazers, maybe the Nets. So we'll honestly see what happens. I think the trades. I think Harden gets traded eventually. I think Dame gets traded eventually. Like, there's no point. But one thing I will, last thing I'll say is that if the Sixers don't trade Harden, I mean, don't be surprised because Daryl Morey last time when he had Ben Simmons, he didn't let he didn't trade him easily. He took months, and then out of nowhere, James Harden requested that trade to the Nets to the Sixers, and then boom, you see Ben Simmons traded to the, to the Nets. So that's saying. So we'll see what happens. That's my thoughts on that situation. Anything you want to add to that, Isaiah? Uh, I think the trade for Harden for both sides is horrible because, like you said, the Sixers, they just get role players. And once you do that trade, they're not going to help you win any games or go past the second round. And Embiid is going to get mad, and he's going to want to leave. So then you trade Harden for nothing. <laughs> and then you're probably going to lose Embiid and get nothing or trade him for nothing because he wants out. And for the, for the Clippers, you got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, two injury-prone guys. Harden is injury-prone now with his uh, hamstring. So if somehow all three of them get injured, now you have Westbrook and bench players that probably won't even get minutes. So like that's gonna be horrible for them. Yeah, I can see that point of view as well. But like at the same time, as yeah, just want to say again for everyone listening is that if they don't make a trade for Harden, they're basically saying, okay, this is our last year. We're running it back with part with uh Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, and Westbrook, and we have we have the same team. We're gonna run it back. And we'll see how far we go, cause is this we got like fluke injuries or like lucky injuries that we got injured. But I think it honestly, this trade basically tells us everything we know about the Clippers. If they don't trade for Harden, this is probably like their last year contending with Twilight and Padres, unless they sign extensions. But as of right now, I don't see why they were sign. I don't get why they were signing extensions personally. But let's say they got Harden right, and then Harden signs the extension with the Clippers, maybe. I don't think that happens. I think he just goes, plays there for a year. But let's just say they, they traded for Carden, they signed him to extension. Then I won't be surprised if they offered Paul George to the Kawhi extension. Cause, yeah. yeah. Especially since they get in that new arena. Yeah, that's true. That too. But we'll see. Because what if Kawhi Leonard gets upset that he's not getting an extension? What if Paul George gets upset he's, that he, was, he heard his name in trade rumors? And he's not getting any extension as well. So, yeah, I think we'll see what happens. And I think they made, like, I think they, the good move they made was for the Rockets, for Kenny and Martin uh, Jr., I believe, small forward, power forward, athletic wing, like, athletic guard guy who can duck the ball, shoot solid, play solid. Another ball dominant guy. Huh? <laughs> I said another ball dominant guy. <laughs> yeah. But I can see why they traded for him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Clippers, the Heat, the Sixers, the Blazers, all of them. They're all in weird places. Well, yeah. Well, next question, it says, or it says, from Isaiah Rivera, dude, should the Lakers start Rui Hachimura or Vando? All right. For me, I think they start Rui, and I think he deserves a spot, too. But I'm not saying Vando doesn't deserve it, deserve it. I mean, either one of them you start, you're going to get good productions from one side. 
if you start Rui, offensively, he's going to be good. Defensively, he's going to be solid. You get Vando, he's going to give you great defense. Like, he's going to be your wing player that you've been asking for that we have lost from KCP. I'm not, KCP's not a wing defender, but like a good defender that you lost from KCP. Kuzma, who's a solid, who's a solid defender, Caruso. So, I, I like the flexibility we have. I think, for me, it's mostly on matchups. Like, if we're playing yeah. the Warriors, I think it would be smart to start Vando because he's a little bit, like, he's a quicker than Rui on the perimeter. So, and if you're playing switch defense, I think it makes sense to start Wando. But if you're playing, like, someone like the Grizzlies or, like, something like that, then I can see why you start Rui because, like, yeah, he fits better. Like, if you're playing the Nuggets, I think it's smart to start Rui. If we start play the Warriors or someone like that, I think it makes sense for Vando. But it's honestly, I don't care who they start because they're both gonna help our team so much. They've re- they've already been spending time with uh, Phil Handy, working on the craft, ready. So yeah, I just like I like the flexibility we have, and I think my gut my gut says we start Rui, and I have no problem with them starting. So. I really am. I think Vanderbilt got dealt a kind of unlucky hand because he he really you know he he spaced the floor in, in a few of the games and against Golden State and uh, Memphis. I just ah you you don't want to do Rui like that either. My only concern is you move Vando to the bench. Um, where does he find his minutes after that? Yeah, uh, you know you your your bench then consists of Vincent. Uh, let's. I'm gonna go with my who my bench unit would be. So I'll say Vincent, Christie, Prince, um, and then that's like kind of. I mean, you you don't want Vanderbilt and Hayes on the court at the same time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it is. It's a. It's, we just have so much talent. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Definitely. I think. And the argument we could say is that having Hachimura off bench is good too because he's bringing a scoring punch. Because Hachimura might still finish the game, close the game, or Vanna might too. So honestly, I think all the guys we signed, I don't see them complaining for minutes. I think they're guys who are going to accept their roles and earn their minutes and play good and whoever they play next to. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't want Vanna and Hayes on the, at the court at the same time, but like, I believe Vanders. I mean, obviously, Vanders our best wing defender. And if we if we're playing like something like the Suns, then I'm starting Vanderbilt because I want Vanderbilt on Booker or Beal or KD. Like, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I agree on the matchup thing. It just depends on the matchups. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Oh, our next question is. By DJRiv99. Sorry if I said your name wrong. Uh, he put, what makes the Lakers better than the Suns? All right. I'm not going uh, to... I don't know if you guys know, but I don't like to be biased or anything. But I... If you look at our roster and their roster, uh, don't get me wrong. The Suns had, I think, had a solid offseason this year. I mean, this free agency. They got Drew Ebanks. Solid backup. They got Kira Bias drop. He's solid. He, they got Jordan Goodwin from the Beal trade as well. They got Bradley Beal. Uh, we signed Koji. We signed Damian Lee. Great pickup. Um, honestly, I think their bench is, 
it's still kind of iffy, but they're at the same time their bench is so much better. But it's better than last season after they trade for KD. After they trade for KD, their bench is horrible. Besides, I mean they had Terrence Ross, but like he didn't look the same. He was they barely played him. So what? They barely played Terrence Ross. Yeah, that's that too. So I think they got more size now. With like they signed Eubanks. Uh, they got Kirby. I dropped. So they got resigned Koji. So I'm not saying there's there's still there's still have a lot of weaknesses like depth wise, but they did they did what they did the best they could with their resources. I think they all saw the offseason. But if you look at the Lakers, I think honestly, I honestly believe we have the better depth. Like it's kind of like kind of like everywhere besides maybe center. Like center, I can see, but like. We have Reeves, you have AD. No, we have Reeves, you have Gabe, you have D'Lo. So much flexibility right there. You have Christie, you have Reddish, you have Prince, you have Rui, you have Lando, you have LeBron, you have AD. Like, then you have Jalen Hutch, Safino, still, you have Lewis, Colin Castellan, Hodge, Swider. Like, you still have, like, all those guys I name. It's like, that's kind of like a loaded ass death. Whereas if you look at the Suns, they have Booker, Beal. Uh, KD, Aiden, Eubanks, Kid Beers, Drop, Okoji, Jordan Goodwin, Damian Lee, Frank Wardle, Eric Gordon. Eric, uh, Eric Gordon has a good one too. So mm. I think maybe, okay, I think offensively, maybe like three point shooting wise, the Suns may beat us there because they have Booker and Beal and KD and they're good ball spacers and everything. But if if, if it's defense, even though Devin Booker was a defensive coach, who's a good defensive coach in my mind, in my opinion, but I believe we have more. We have much more size and flexibility. That our depth beats them. Personally, what do you think, Joaquin? Uh, I mean, I I think it's clear as day that we're the better. We kill them depth wise. I think that their depth is a little underrated. Yeah. Um. One of my uh more favorite pickups of theirs was Kita Bates Diop. I don't yeah. think people understand that he is a very good uh, NBA player, uh, pretty underrated throughout his entire career. Um, Bull Bull, if he can develop, I mean, I think obviously Kevin Durant and Vogel are like the two perfect people to have around him. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a great thing there, potentially. Um, I Like I, you know, you mentioned uh, when they brought back Josh Okogi, I, I really loved that. I mean, he balled for them last year. You know, similar to Vanderbilt, kind of an offensive liability at times. He was obviously a much better spacer. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the simplest thing as it's the simplest yet the hardest. Just hit a wide open three pointer. Yeah. Um I I'm surprised that they didn't go after um John Wall. I thought that was like a for sure done deal. Yeah, that would be um, cool, Wouldn't be surprised if at maybe the deadline, if they drop somebody and pick him up. Yeah. Uh that, that could be th- uh, something. And I think another pickup. Now, let me let me preface this with the fact that I don't I am not uh personally I'm not a fan of this player. I don't I don't think he's that great, but I know that he did service pretty well last year. But Drew Eubanks, um, yeah. you know, in Portland, I I don't like I said, I don't think he's that good of a player in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you know, I do have uh, a few Portland uh friends that or a few friends that are Portland fans and yeah. They, they, you know, were talking about that because I asked them, I was like, oh, is that, you know, I'm speaking from my objective side. You watched every game. How do you think it was? And they were like, oh, he's a, a very solid player. Like, he'll, 
he'll be a, a good backup. And, you know, even some of them went as far to say that he was an upgrade from Lawndale. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see there, but I, I think that we are uh, the better team. Yeah. Yeah. On paper, the Suns starting lineup alone is better than the Lakers, but death wise and the whole chemistry and stuff. I feel like the Lakers got them on that. Also, yeah. Kobe, he's nice in the regular season, but then we saw in the last playoff series, I think against the Nuggets, he was unplayable because he couldn't shoot at all. And Monty Williams just benched him. So that they got to hope that majority of those players that they signed are playable. The only playable person on the Suns I could see getting a lot of minutes in the playoffs off the bench is Eric Gordon. And that's maybe Kite Base Dia. He's nice. Just going with Sure. K to base the up since he dropped like 30 points against the Lakers a couple years ago. Yeah. I think Spurs fans, <laughs> they liked him as well. So they were surprised. Yeah. They were kind of surprised to see him go because like he was solid under Popovich and everything. Solid role player. But I think, yeah, when I saw, when I saw the Suns got it, I was like, yeah, I wasn't surprised because he's pretty solid. Yeah. T4Q fans love him too. <laughs> if you know, you know. All right. Next question. How do you feel about sign- Lakers signing Myles Leonard and Serge Ibaka? Number one, Myles Leonard. He played for the Bucks last season a little bit, but I, I think he, I think, I'm pretty sure he's either on the roster still or they let him go. And he's a free agent. One of the two. I'm not, I'm not sure. But then I don't think Myles Leonard, like, obviously he could space the floor, but I think he's more of a defensive liability than Christian Wood. Personally, because like he's smaller, he's he appreciates sh- shorter, shorter too. Like he he looks stronger because it was like his body type. Like he's much more slower, and I, I just feel like he's a worse defender than Wood. So like they all, they also worked him out last season, but they didn't bring him back for another workout, and they didn't give him a ten day or anything. So that just tells me that I guess I guess they don't like how they what they saw for him. Yeah, he's slow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Serge Ibaka, I mean, I'm not saying he's bad or anything, but at this point, like, at this t- point in his career, he's like, he's not the same Ibaka. He's definitely more washed, much more slower. And, like, if he was still, like, backup, backup worthy, I w- you would see some contender try to pick him back up, but they didn't. And the reason why the Bucks let him go was because he wanted minutes. So they they, yeah. they dumped him off, and then now he's a free agent. Just doing YouTube and stuff, making cooking shows. So <laughs> I, I could theoretically see why if they did get Ibaka, because he could space the floor and everything. But like at this point in his career, I don't think you wouldn't get that much because this 14 spot, in my opinion, is like. Really important because you you don't need someone who can properly be a mentor to Hayes, while you also playing like side amount minutes. Whereas, or you get someone definitely who can actually get minutes like Christian Wood, Bismack Biyombo. I like Bismack Biyombo because he's a really good like rim protector. Like he tries on rebounding and defense, even though he's kind of like undersized a little bit. But he's on AD. And like other bigs, I wouldn't watch him. Like not perfectly, but like still a solid amount. And then Christian Wood, there's still two guys who are left, 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 like they're kind of young a little bit. They're not fully washed. 
So, like, you much rather have those guys playing minutes for or like Miles Leonard or Sergio Baca or like just Thompson and Javel McGee. Yeah. I think. Um, me, I would just simple, straight to the bone, uh, keep them both away from my team with all due respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Just focus on Biombo if you can't get Christian Wood. Yeah, yep. Biombo or just play the waiting game for McGee. That's yeah. all it needs to be. Because they just need somebody to mentor Jackson Hayes and help Anthony Davis on defense. Yeah. And, and Castleton as well. Yes. Yeah. Also, another thing, I see, like, people don't, like, so I don't think some people realize, but, like, we're looking for a big man or, like, a depth please at the 14th spot. So keep in mind that this person might not be a depth player, like, in the rotation at all. He could be, but he cannot be at all. Like, this 14th spot, don't get me wrong, it's important. But, like, you're not going to see the Lakers just quickly side someone off the street and be like, yep, that's the person we're getting. That's why they're, they're not in a rush necessarily, but they also know that's the important spot because yeah, they, they need a player that's playable. Yeah. Just in case if Anthony Davis somehow gets hurt. Yeah. That's why I think they kind of, in my eyes, they still have a lot of flexibility. They could either... If they miss out on Wood, they get Biombo. They miss out on both of them. They, st- they can just re- They can just call up Castle and give him a regular deal, or play him on a two way. See how he does in the preseason. Looks good, or even a regular season because you can play fifty games now. If he looks good, you sign him to a regular contract. Boom, you're supporting spots suit Castellon. Then you have an open two way contract. You sign Fudge, and then bang, you're, you have fourteen players on your roster, and then you go away to buyout market like the trade deadline. Yeah. And get like maybe with the 15th spot, get like an extra shooting guard or like another center. Maybe someone like some big man gets traded and gets waived or another wing. So, like, they already made the team a lot of flexible. Like, they have a lot of options. So, like, that's why I'm not surprised that they're not like quickly trying to get a big man. Like, okay, yeah, here you go. Resigned, you're done. So, I can also see why they're just patiently waiting. I'm sure they have players in mind. If they miss out on Wood and Biombo, and yeah, that's why I believe. Like, I, I, part of me thinks they're waiting on Wood and Biombo because I think, in my eyes, I think Wood is the number one option, honestly. Then it's Biombo. Then maybe number three is Javel McGee because the Mavs are trying to wave him or trade him. And yeah, yeah. so it's one of those three right there. And if they miss out on all three of them somehow, they still have, like, it's three times ending the game if they want. They can resign Tristan Thompson if they want, or could they, they could just give they could just give Colin Kessler the regular contract and yeah. So I yeah. think they're flexible. Like the trade, the regular. I mean, the season doesn't even start in like until like two months, like 80, 80 days until our eighty days until our first game. Is it the preseason? Preseason game, yeah. So oh, yeah. they have eighty days to figure out who they want for the fourteen spot. They're not in a rush. Yeah. They'll probably sign someone, like, I think they might sign someone, like, this week or next week. But I wouldn't be surprised if they took this all the way to training camp. Because, yeah, they're not, in a, they're not in a rush or, like, yeah, yeah. it's not in a rush, basically. That's, I think that's how I feel. Next question. It says, does LeBron get a statue? If not, what does he need to get one? I think... Wait, what, what, what was the question? 
Does LeBron James deserve a Lakers statue? For oh. me, <laughs> people people are not gonna agree with me, but I people have similar takes to me. But oddly, I'll break it down. No one, most superstar wants to come to LA. No one wants to take on the challenge to break the playoff drought. No one wants to do that. Then you get LeBron James, who takes the challenge in his prime, like he was literally in his prime, like 2018. Comes on, plays the young core. They look good, but then they, all of them get injured, and then LeBron James realizes that he's here to win a championship. And the Lakers realize they're trying to contend with LeBron James. And LeBron James helped, like, LeBron James recruits AD to L.A., then you have two superstars. Then LeBron James, when we sadly lose, Kobe Bryant passes away. Truly a British is being like you're like this whole whole like every like all these years he's been here. Then he wins the ring the same season Kobe passes away. I don't care if people people are gonna say, oh bubble ring, bubble ring. No, I don't give a shit. Like it's still a ring. He brought a championship. He promised what he was gonna do he was to bring back Lakers into the playoffs. It was to bring back, give Lakers come help them become a championship champions again, and that's clearly what he did. If we went, I think honestly, I, I can see Junior Bus because one thing she's good at, she's good at like taking care of superstars and like giving them statues and stuff like that. I I think Kobe Bryant obviously is gonna get a statue first, but I want to be surprised if LeBron James did too because he also passed Kareem. He won a ring here. He recruited AD here. Blah blah blah. If I think if LeBron could win another ring here. Hopefully this year, then bring number eighteen. I think that fully cements his legacy as a Laker. I mean, I, th- I believe he did, but I think it just further like proves his case. And yeah, I think he gets he gets he gets he gets a statue. He gets a statue. I think, in my opinion, I think um, our first priority should be uh, on Kobe getting his statue. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, I don't, uh, I, I might, I might, you know, get some flack for this as well. I think LeBron does deserve a trophy if we can get another ring. Uh-huh. And my reasoning for that, I, and I say, if we get another ring, because I am literally going to bet so much money on us winning the championship this year. <laughs> I'm so confident. And I've genuinely never been more confident. Call me crazy. Call me delusional. Maybe I have become, become crazy since the bubble, but uh, that is a genuine belief of mine. However, uh, outside of winning and everything, you got to look at what LeBron has done. So like you said, you know, no superstars wanted to go. LeBron went. Um, during that time, you know, uh, I don't know. This is just me taking a guess. Um, but tickets were, pro- you know, more than likely down because I don't know, you know, how, you know, what the demand was to really go see a, a young Lakers team who was super inconsistent or you know, all the teams that were before that, after the, the post-Kobe era and how much of a disaster it was at times. Um, but one thing is for certain that the second LeBron inked that deal, the tickets went up like 200 to $300 each. Like every single ticket definitely boosted in value. Um, jersey sales were off the charts. Sec- several jersey sales now. I mean, 23 and 6, even AD changing his number. Um, yeah. You know, so many different factors that go into it. Um, that allowed, um, you know, LeBron to really benefit and, and dedicate so much and leave everything he has, uh, you know, to the city. Uh, I think if he were, you know, let's say hypothetically, he retired today. Yeah. Um, I don't know 
if if he would. That's that's up for for debate because you know you look yeah. at the guys that have statues out there. Yeah. Um, you know you have Wayne Gretzky. Uh, you know Magic, Jerry, Kareem, Chick Hearn. You know obviously the greatest you know uh, commentator of all time, and Oscar De La Hoya. I think I I can see I can kind of see what he's saying. Like he could see why LeBron gets it. He can also see why LeBron can't get it. So like yeah. honestly, I think it's just like how the Lakers. You know, I think the Lakers view them highly. Jeannie Buss, like I think she had an interview where she was like LeBron's like third on her list. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like he gets first. a sta- I feel like yeah. he gets a statue if he wins another championship. If he doesn't win yeah. one, he'll probably just get his jerseys retired. Definitely. Yeah, it's, he's getting his he's getting his uh, jersey retired. That's another sure. debate. Does number six deserve to be retired because he broke yeah. the record? With- I honestly, I can see the argument for both the numbers getting retired, but I think he only gets one retired, and that I only twenty three. Twenty three, yeah. Like I can see the case why six is like argue like argue too, but my opinion I think to do twenty three. I want to forget about six because that whole six thing was the whole era of Westbrook and that was not fun. Yeah. All right, we have two questions left, and then we'll end the episode. So this is from Twitter, Kurokurei Katia. I probably said I butchered the name. Sorry, <laughs> but she uh, this person put if Dila were to get injured slash moved, how would you really Allocate the guard moves. Siren wet, or just let Jalen Hush if we don't get a real play. All right. If Dila were to get injured, you still have a lot of options. You have Austin Reeves go run point guard. You have LeBron James, you can run him at point guard. You have Gabe Whitson, you can run him at point guard. You could call up, you could, yeah, you could give Jalen Hush a few minutes. So that's like four or five people that still named you. Even with Dila out, you could play a point guard. I think you could play Max Christie a little bit at point guard because he showed like his playmaking skills. This yeah. this summer league, but like that's kind of like you can't really rely on him. But yeah, you still have LeBron James, you have Austin Reeves who played point guard, you have Gabe Whitson who plays point guard, you have Jalen Hutchfino who you dropped in the first round, who's a natural playmaker even though his shot is kind of inconsistent. But yeah, you still have people who can play make and play the point guard. So I don't think that's a big of a deal. And worst comes worst comes the worst. If you need to sign up. Wet point guard, you have an open rough spot at the 15th spot. You could sign John Moore or something. Yeah, on a 10 day to see if yeah, they Something like that. But I think, I think it would be fine. You have D'Lo. You have, I mean, if D'Lo is out, you have Reeves. You have Gabe. You have Jalen Hutchfino. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, LeBron. Christy a little bit. So yeah, I, think, I think it would be fine at the guard. Like, point guard-wise. If yeah. you say shooting guard, I can see a little bit wide, but at the same point, even with shooting guard, you have Reeves, you have Christie, you have, you can play Reddish at, at the two. You can call up Lewis for a couple of minutes. You can play him. You can call up Hodge, who can yeah. he's a good shooting guard. You could play him. So I think we're hella like we're so flexible to the point like we'll be fine. But like and let's say Lakers sign that shooting guard with the fifth spot, whose role is this to shoot threes? That's fine. This gives a, like that's more flexibility of it. We just have a guy who can shoot the ball. And if we need shooting, you play him. Like, suppose with that. So, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fine. They just need yeah, bigs. But the, to answer the question, if Dilo was to get hurt in the regular season, they could definitely just play Jalen Hutchinson, have him get some reps in the regular season, see yeah. how he could play with these guys. Yeah, he just developed the, more. The, yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, you just have Reeves. You could play Reeves there, LeBron, and Gabe Vincent for the yeah. playoffs. So, they're fine. Yeah. 
All right, last question. He's this person put Mr. Easy. Do the Lakers start Jackson Hayes at center and move 82 to 4? Potential starting lineup D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron, AD Hayes. For me personally, I do not think they will start Hayes with AD from the like for the regular season. In the playoffs, I can see if we play like the uh, Nuggets or maybe the Grizzlies, they would try and go big. I wouldn't be surprised if we did that, but I think we have a lot of flexibility and I just think it's smart to play D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron, Rui Orlando, and AD. Because, yeah. I mean, again, don't get me wrong, AD gets bruised and banged and like injured, but like, I think, I don't think they start another big when the matchup is in car that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it just depends. Depends, yeah. On injuries, matchups, or anything. Yeah, definitely. Like, for example, if somebody, if D'Lo was like, to, answer, to even answer that other question, if D'Lo was to get hurt again, they could run LeBron at the point, Reeves at the two, Rui at the three, AD at the four, and, and Hayes at the five. Yeah. It's kind of like the 2020 season. Yeah. So it's like, they have multiple rotations they could do. It just depends on what Darvin Hayes wants to do. Yeah. This, honestly, I think this roster gives Darvin no excuses, honestly. Like he has no excuses to run a three guard lineup unless it's like <laughs> if it's like if it's like the Gabe Winston, no, if it's like Dilo, Gabe Winston, Reeves, LeBron, AD, I get it. You're, what you're trying to what you're trying to get is floor spacing, like a shooting. I can see it. But like the roster we have, we're not gonna we're not gonna look small for like most of the season. Yeah. So and yeah, even I think it's the floor, they have Torian Prince. Yeah. Yeah, still have Reddish, they have Prince, they have Rui, they have Randall. Like, they have so many guys that they could play, honestly. All right. That's the, that was the last question. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Isaiah, for joining in today. And until Thank next time, peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the LVH Podcast Show. Be sure to leave a five-star review. Be sure to leave your thoughts on the episode. And be sure to leave your recommendations on how we can improve the show, what kind of topics you would like us to talk about, and what was your favorite particular moment from the episode. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media accounts on Instagram at the LVH Podcast Show, at Lakers vs. Haters, and all the people mentioned below in the description. Peace.